Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Hello, hello. hello. Welcome, travelers. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to another week of CLCI Live. Um, we are, I know we're confusing. It's the day after Halloween and here we sit, uh, dressed in costumes. We're, this is a Halloween hangover episode. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, we wanted to dress up and we thought, why not do it the day after Halloween? Let's be different. Um, before we begin though, I would like to take a moment to remind everybody to please, um, not only participate in this conversation. So leave comments. We are monitoring. This is live so that we can hear from you. So please join in the conversation. But also on top of that too, um, if you're on YouTube, click the subscribe button right now. Click it. Click subscribe. I don't know where it is, but click it. <laughs> um, please like, follow, subscribe, all of that good stuff. And uh, most importantly though, if you're watching this out there, leave comments in uh, the, the, the chat. We, we are monitoring it and we will uh, do our best to respond to whatever it is you place in there. So that is all for me, guys. I'm gonna leave it to you. What are we talking about today? We're talking about a really heavy subject compared to what we're dressed as. We're talking about guilt and shame. The shame that you might have all felt for some um, some uh, uncouth things on Halloween nights. Waking up in someone else's and costume. <laughs> um, taking some candy oh you shouldn't have. <laughs> Oh, my God. oh, no, we all take candy from our children. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, okay, that's the kind of candy that you were talking about. Uh, yeah, we're talking about guilt and shame and how it relates to coaching specifically. And coaching our clients who might feel a little guilty, be a little ashamed of themselves or other people. Um, so, yeah, that's where we're starting off. What's your guys, what do you guys feel guilty about? Wait, 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 hold on. <laughs> Back it up. <laughs> Wants to dive right in. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Okay, so first and foremost, let's define guilt and let's define shame. And let's really talk about why that definition is, is important and where we fall in that spectrum as coaches. So let's begin um, with what is guilt? Let's start there, shall we? Mm -hmm. I think that guilt is that feeling of responsibility, whether it's warranted or not, um, that you are responsible for something bad happening. You made a bad choice or you were responsible for something bad happening. Um, and it's that sort of feeling that you care carry around um but you can also be guilty of it too yeah. um where other people assign guilt to you and say hey you did this therefore there's consequences yeah i like everything anthony said i will toss in i think there's an element of regret that's got to be um also kind of 
taken um, into when you are talking about guilt, that's got to be taken account of. I like the way Brene Brown, you know, talks, you know, we're not talking vulnerability. She talks about vulnerability, empathy, but she also defined the, uh, the guilt and shame. She said, shame is I'm bad. Guilt is I did something bad. Yeah, before we but agreed, okay, I did something bad. Uh, but don't I don't want to dive into the shame part yet. I want to save that. So I just want to stick it to guilt. But then but we'll come back to that. I 100% agree. Um, with so guilt does does there have it so something bad has to have happened for guilt to happen? Um, something negative, I think because it's like, I, I, okay, I guess you can say like, ooh, I'm guilty of like, if like somebody's like, who brought me flowers from work today? You could do something like that, but they're like, you're being kind of tongue in cheek. I think it sort of implies that there was something negative associated with guilt. Otherwise, we just say you're responsible and not that you're guilty. Um, could it be perceived negative negativity? Yeah, I think it's perceived. I would agree with you. I mean, because it's all going to be how we see it. So totally, I would agree with that. Well, guilt is also your own like self perception. Like, I could be guilty, quote unquote, of a crime I committed, but not feel guilt because I feel like, no, it was justified what I did. Um, I'm trying to think of a. I was like, because you're a sociopath. Uh... <laughs> okay, how about this? There's like the con. There's like some common is like a moral, philosophical like, test or something like that, where you have your significant other, who has a disease that's uh you know fatal in three months. And you don't have the money for the medication that will save their life. However, there is a pharmacy just a mile down the road that has that medication. Do you go and steal the medication to save your significant other? First and foremost, can we talk about how I'm pissed that I could live in a world in which a pharmacy would have medication that would save my partner's life and I could not get access to it? Yeah, we can talk about that. <laughs> That's probably more accurate than anything. That makes yeah, me that's... so. Then, like the next step of stealing the medication is that I then like become a terrorist. <laughs> but the point of that, I mean, you guys don't have to answer it. But the point of that is to see like where people's moral compass is as yeah. far as guilt is concerned. And people are, not lots of people, as it turns out, are completely fine with committing a crime. If it's morally justified and they don't feel guilty of it. Well, I think, uh, I mean, let's take that. There's a lot of people that, though, I think start to justify things, uh, but it doesn't make it right. But that's where guilt comes in, right? Um, so you know, does guilt, does that feeling of guilt then have to mean that you feel that you are not justified or that you're wrong in what you did? I think to alleviate guilt, you you justify. <laughs> I think that, that the justification happens in order to alleviate your actions. So like if you know this is wrong or against the law or it's going to hurt somebody, 
what we do is then start to do this weighing act of counterbalance like but it's okay because of x y and z but the truth of the matter is there are certain rules regulation things that you know i know for a fact this is going to hurt injure cause harm but i'm going to do it regardless because what i'm doing is saying that i'm justifying 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 mm -hmm. uh what by justifying what it does is for, create a space in your head where you feel less guilty let's say but that doesn't by your justification does not alleviate the damage perhaps caused or the the law broken or what have you right hmm. um i think of you know people who are out there struggling in the world right and and they end up resorting to like stealing things from people um, and there's a lot of justification that can go on or, or, or stealing from, there's a big difference, like stealing from a store, but then doing like a home invasion and stealing from somebody. Um, you might say to yourself, well, they have more, I'm not going to hurt anybody. That's not, but the regardless, it's a huge violation of somebody else's space and somebody, and they've, it's not theirs to take, but there's a justification that goes on. Um, and, and I think that justification happens to alleviate guilt so that you can live with yourself. Kind of. There's actually an example I saw the other day online where somebody had stolen someone else's laptop and he saw that they were working on a thesis paper and he actually messaged that person saying, hey, I still have your thesis paper. I see you're working hard on it. So <laughs> he sent it over to him and he's like, I found a buyer. So please let me know soon because I want to go ahead. Oh, and my gosh. I mean, I felt I felt like that was his threshold for guilt. He's like, you know, I already did, but he said, you know, I was struggling. He said, um, this is but what unfortunately I had to do to make ends meet. But um, his threshold for guilt was right there. You know, it, it stopped at stealing. He's like, you know, what? I can't let this guy fail his class either. So that's why you always save stuff on a cloud drive. Yeah. yeah. Like, right. <laughs> the guy's like, I wonder I if I wonder if the the owner content contacted him that's that's very curious not sure i didn't follow through with the story i should look it up again <laughs> that owner should feel guilt for letting that happen for um, allowing himself to be a victim i like that threshold for guilt i've never heard that i like that i mean there we i think we all have one i, mm -hmm. I think about two i think about people i've known that were otherwise completely like very good human beings but they're in a relationship that's not working and they don't have the whatever reason they don't break up so then they justify cheating they justify lying and and all what is all of that for to alleviate guilt um yeah yeah let's we've talked about guilt a bit right um what is shame so shame is towards you towards yourself it's internal so instead of i feel um like i did something bad it's i am bad i feel like a bad person so it's like an evaluation of the person essentially mm -hmm. i am bad. you can try to shame other people you can say brooke is bad or jerome is bad yeah i'm shaming them for it that's uh, interesting that's an interesting thing because when we talk about these subjects, one of the things I did want to touch on eventually is, is that people can use guilt or shame, try to use it against you. 
But the truth is, unless we believe it, it's not something we can really take on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder, is that something that coaches can do to their clients? <laughs> can I guilt or shame my clients? Can I guilt so, you could. <laughs> and if you wanted to be a really horrendous coach, be a really bad coach, yes, you could. But, but that's not what our job is. <laughs> so, well, speaking in that space of what a coach's job is, is it a coach's job to work on guilt? It can let, be. Let, let me, it's a coach's job to work on what your clients want to work with. If they're working on guilt, you want to stay in that here and now. Here and now, how is that affecting you? And maybe whatever the context of that guilt is, if the guilt is something like I accidentally killed my child, that might be like a therapy kind of space. Yeah. Like go to a trauma therapist to work <laughs> this out. If the guilt is I'm guilty because I ate an extra meal, and or I'm not working on my goals. It's <laughs> like a coaching kind of. Thing. I have guilt because I didn't make any progress this week. <laughs> um, There's different kinds of guilt you can work on, but guilt as a whole thing, um, you know, is acceptable without you know context. You got to have some sort of. So a coach can work with guilt. Yeah. What yeah. about shame? Can a coach work mm-hmm. on shame? I think so. (laughs) Yeah. Again, how is that impacting you? What do you want to do differently? How do you want to feel differently? As long as you keep it to the clients uh, in charge of where and how they want to go, not you defining it, not you uh, saying what they ought to and ought not to do, which many coaches who aren't trained think that it's their responsibility to rescue and save their client and tell them those things. That's not our job. Also, if we're talking about shame and it's like the negative evaluation of yourself, I don't know if my client is like going off of like an objective sort of worldview or like a subjective worldview. So there might be situations where I have a a client from a certain religious background who feels ashamed because of religious reasons. It's not really my job to try to police that as a coach to say, oh, you shouldn't be ashamed of that because that's me as a coach injecting my worldview in opposition of their like religious and moral or whatever else view. It's maybe more of the job to try to identify what it is you feel ashamed about and what are some actionable things to do in the future and in the present going forward on that? Um, Yes. But you can also ask, is that true? So if the client says I'm a terrible person because I did this simply asking them, is that true? Is going to force them to bring to the service, whether they really believe that or whether they're just following the script that they've been taught to believe. So let's just say, let's go, let's go off of, they really do believe that they say because of X or Y or Z philosophical, moral, religious reasons, I am a bad person because I did this bad thing. Mm -hmm. 
what do you do, what do you do now that your client has arrived that they're a bad person yeah yes, i would ask are. get out of my office <laughs> what are they there to work on that's the question okay so just and, saying you know yes i believe in this story that i've told myself about me being a bad person um, is not enough information we have to know what they want to do with it and how they want to proceed and and then i would ask and how do you show up in the world when you believe you're a bad person? Who are you when you believe you're a bad person? Mm -hmm. Sometimes that can bring to the surface that they're not behaving in a way that is guiding them towards achieving their goals when they are focused on believing that they're a bad person. So a couple of red flags are coming up for me as you guys are sharing. Um, so one of those red flags I, I could see for a new coach, right? Um, a client's feeling guilty about something or shame about something. What is the inclination, do you think, of, I would say most people? Inclination of the coach or the client? The coach. If you have a client in there saying, I have guilt about this. I feel ashamed because I am this. And the coach who I'm ashamed because I have red hair. Uh, it means I'm a ginger child and I'm, you know, spawn of Satan. Uh, I, am, <laughs> I have no soul. That's and not true. I'm ashamed of my red hair. You so, shouldn't feel bad about that. <laughs> what I could see, though, a lot of our inclination immediately would be, no, you're, don't, what? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, to reassure. Or saying, you should love your, like, red hair. You should celebrate it. You should mm -hmm. do X, Y, and Z. The coach should tell you what to do about that. <laughs> All of those things are things coaches should not do, right? Yeah. Every one of them. And I could see how quickly and easily a coach could slip into that space of reassurance, especially when dealing with emotions like guilt and shame, because we, as people who have experienced guilt and shame, as we all have, because we're not sociopaths, um, uh, we don't want others to feel that unless, you know, we're vindictive at the moment. Oh. <laughs> and, that, and that's really a big piece of what we don't do when we speak about sympathy. We don't go and fall into sympathy because we recognize it in ourselves on how we would feel in that moment and want to go out and save that person from not feeling that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's a it's really interesting. It's something that, yes, I agree. I think we're inclined to kind of just, just get rid of that that guilt or shame that they're feeling move towards a space where we can do that. But I think it's important to lean into it and kind of listen to how your, your client's reacting, because that could be the catalyst for a transformation that they're looking for uh, to move on to the next step. That is an amazing point, Jerome, because one of the things I was going to ask is, is we, uh, most people associate guilt or shame is this negative very negative thing right we want to get rid of it so like out there in the world we want everybody to be happy in themselves and not to be experiencing this emotion but there are spaces like in a coaching space when we can utilize that and that that guilt that shame that 
shadow, those things that we, you know, everybody else is pushing away can sometimes be these very quintessential, crucial, pivotal points in a coaching session um, mm -hmm. and huge opportunities for us to start to coach the person mm -hmm. um, and stop coaching the problem. Mm -hmm. um, really, really awesome point, Jerome. Um, one question, though, when we're speaking in red flag space again, I would really like to define, especially for new coaches, for anybody who's watching this and, and you know, our coaching is something new to them altogether, um, that we said very quickly, you know, you can coach shame and guilt. And we put some, you know, stamps on that, um, if this, if that. But let's really sort of talk through a little bit those moments of when when we should start to consider referring when it we're starting you know what is that line what is that how do i know when when this is an okay space for me to be in and how when do i know oh my god red flag i can't this is this is too much guilt or shame or or something is going on that that is outside the bounds of coaching probably guilt or shame that's associated with the negative fallout from psychological conditions. So for example, I've got guilt that I have depression and I'm not showing up to work because I'm laying in bed and not wanting to, you know, do anything productive with my day. And then I feel shame because of that, because I'm not a productive person and X, Y, and Z. And I'm talking about my depression. Mm -hmm. Any sort of DSM-5 thing should be like your big red flag um, where you as a coach say, I'm not trying to work on that. Um, what other things do you, you guys have in mind? When guilt or shame is taking up the majority of the conversation as to the point where your client continues to go back and speak about that guilt or shame, and that's what they continually speak about throughout that session, and that is all that they're speaking about. Yeah, that should never be the top, really be the topic of like the coaching contract at the beginning of the session where you sit down and say, okay, what would you like to work on for today's session? And the client's like, I want to talk about how bad I feel for an hour um, and just sort of revel in that. That's probably your other red flag where that's not really a space for coaching. That's just dumping could though mm -hmm. like if we're talking about it okay yes we're not being productive we're not moving forward we're not making actionable goals uh i will say maybe over the course of a few sessions because sometimes yeah it is it is probably uh, something a client may be looking for is to just dump for a session maybe they just well, have a really bad day maybe that it, guilt or shameful thing happened yesterday or this morning so it, it kind of needs to be framed in the context though of like what do you want to achieve at the end of the session. Hmm. There's something that has to be done as the coach at the end of the session. I don't know what kind of coaching session it would be like if I just listened to somebody, you know, talk for an hour uh, without like a clear goal, um, which is like, I mean, like what the ICF is looking for in their performance evaluations. They want to see that sort of book ending of, we have a goal we're working on. And by the end of the session, did we achieve that goal for the session? If the so, goal for the session is the client just says, I want you to listen to me 
and we can talk about how I feel in my guilt for an hour. It's not really achieving a whole lot. That's not a smart goal. <laughs> um, it is an interesting space, uh, as you share, because it does feel like there's some ambigu ambiguity here, um, which I really feel like there shouldn't be. Um, uh, as you were sharing, I was thinking the clear really way to, as you mentioned, is that defining we're working, if this is present, we're working forward. This looks like forward in my camera. I should reverse my camera. Um, this is, uh, you know, we're working forward and we're not working back. Um, and that is really uh, the clear thing. It can come up with how it is affecting us. I hear it too, by the way. Um, it can come up with how it is affecting us um, in the, the session the present of what we're working on but it needs to not be the 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 goal cannot be passed we can't be coaching that ghost right we can't be coaching yeah, the so maybe like an example would be like a client who's trying to work with a coach on what they should have done instead in that situation that has no really clear looking forward it's not like as if that situation is going to occur again i've, I've actually had a client with that we talked about this um and i'm going to try to be vague as possible so i'm not giving away too much information but essentially a client let an opportunity cast them by um they messed up by their own evaluation somewhere down the line and an opportunity fell through and there was sort of the talk about that with the bits of guilt and shame mixed in um and there was a little bit of what should I have done instead in that situation? And me as a coach, I had to identify and talk to the client, is this something that is likely to happen again in the future? Or are we talking about a one and done situation? Because if we're talking about a one and done situation and you're just going over with me of what should I have done, we're staying in the past way too much. And we're talking too much about that guilt and shame and we can't change the past. You might come to the right answer on the perfect thing you should have done. That's not going to matter ever if it's never going to happen in the future. It might serve to make you feel better or worse. That's not really coaching, though. Whereas in the course of our conversation, we found out, okay, like a similar situation may present itself in the future. What can you learn from that experience to apply going forward? And that's maybe where that looking back kind of helps with identifying a future occurrence and maybe getting a more desirable result. As again, as you were sharing, you mentioned something about feeling and how um, uh, wanting to feel something, right? I, how I feel about something isn't something that we can really be coached isn't necessarily a coachable space, right? Um, is that 100% true, though? Can I come in and say, I want to, you know, uh, leave my spouse and I want to feel not guilty about it? <laughs> I mean, that you certainly could come in ask, and making that request. Sure. I don't, what, I don't know what that would look like. But yeah, what would the next question be as a coach for that? What does that look like? I would ask, what do you need to think yeah. to feel good about leaving your husband? 
maybe um, even imagine i mean this they're not going to come in on a first session saying that because they're going to tiptoe through the tulips with you for a little bit so they get to know you and find that trust so that kind of exchange typically i would say a session or two down the road so you, we've gotten to know each other a little bit so we would have picked up different language along the way so that we would know how to um, use that client language and ask those questions. Um, so we can, as long as we bring it to an actionable space, right? Mm -hmm. okay. How are you feeling right now? You've said you wanna leave your husband and you wanna feel good. How are you feeling right now? How will you know mm -hmm. you're feeling better? What is it going to take on that in-between space of you leaving your husband and you getting to that experience? Uh, which is the bringing it into that actionable, real life kind of beyond just feeling space. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk some more about guilt and shame. How else can coaches use guilt and shame to their advantage <laughs> like a positive way like how coaches should do it or like how bad i'm not going to give you any more leading on that question you choose from here <laughs> okay. so this is what i see when coaches also act as accountability partners which i don't do and i don't know a lot of certified coaches from here that do but and being, I don't want to know being an accountability partner <laughs> means you also have the responsibility of kind of enforcing what the person should do. And sometimes, you know, you can have a carrot on a stick, but other times you can use the stick to beat them with shame and guilt. Uh, <laughs> so there's times where like coaches will use like guilt, like, oh, like, you said you were going to do this, but you didn't like, why didn't you do that? Or I don't know. I, I You're don't know. working it. You are really working it. <laughs> but, you know, coaches, bad coaches could definitely use that to try to push their clients, you know, as a motivator to do the goals. I, you brought up a good point that kind of deviates a little bit. And I want to circle back because I think that there are ways that it can be used, but one of the things you said was that, you know, as a coach, we could um, use it to sort of, or like that is being an accountability coach, push them along, right? Mm -hmm. um, what if, uh, I guess the, the question, I, I, it just floated away for me. So yay for me. Um, <laughs> and I have guilt about it. Um, so, but if you're, if, okay, so your client comes in, they say to you, uh, I, I didn't get things done. Mm -hmm. What about a coach that is feeling guilty? And I think we kind of just touched about, touched on this, that their clients aren't doing as well as they think or feeling guilty mm. themselves over something in the coaching space. Do you want to share more about that? So <laughs> I know I would ask the coach, why do you feel guilty? <laughs> Well, we're well, not coaching the coach, so. Well, if I could coach the coach, I would. <laughs> I think sometimes coaches, 
take on the responsibility, whether it's intentional or unintentional of their client doing the work. I think sometimes it just happens. So then I would ask, do you want to let go of that responsibility or are you embracing that responsibility? Of course I want to let go of that responsibility. <laughs> so <clears throat> then my question would be, does that guilt about that express itself in any way? Or is this something that's a bit more internal? Um, there is a there is a bit of a difference whether if it's expressed in like the coaching session or to your client versus something that you just kind of internally you know wrestle with right if i mean it, it could disrupt the coaching session flow for sure it, if the coach is in their head feeling guilty making it about them they're not going to be as plugged into the client they're not going to be you know, listening as well. They're not going to be flowing with that client. They're not going to be feeling into those moments and leaning into those, those words that the client's using in the same way that they would if they were at ease and feeling relaxed and comfortable and detached from the results of the client. So when you come into the coaching world, when you become that coach, that there's kind of a learning curve and that curve is most of us are really caring people. I, would you agree with that? Every one of us here is a really caring, um, uh, empathetic kind of human. And when we have come in, just come in, we're confused what our job and work is. We think we are supposed to go out there and rescue and tell those clients and work hard, right? Really, our job is not hard, is not supposed to be because it's not our work. It's the client's work. So when you take a step back from yourself and your self-evaluation on whether or not your client is successful, that's not on you, that's on them. The things that you can challenge yourself as the coach are how can i challenge my client more what kinds of things and you would ask how can i challenge you more how can i help you stay accountable to the things that you said you want you can ask those things and get the answers but you jumping through hoops and losing sleep over whether or not your client follows through is not your job not on you that's then your job to go take care of yourself, find yourself a coach or a therapist or someone that you trust. I, I think the issue might be caused too by some coaches believing that I, the coach, cause progress to happen through my coaching. So like it's like it they believe it's like a one-to-one -one thing where I deliver the coaching, you get from the coaching transformation and then you're happy. And if that doesn't happen, then you fail to administer coaching in the right way. If you're going to feel guilty about anything as a coach in that, in that feel guilty about taking credit for your client's work, feel guilty about that. Um, feel guilty about letting your ego get into what they're doing and, and, and taking some of that credit. Cause that's what you're doing when you do that. <laughs> and, and toil over that man i'm selfish 
Now, even if you didn't come to us and you've gone to another credentialed program and you've learned and been trained on how to approach your clients as a coach and you did not approach your clients using that skill set that we teach that any accredited school would teach, then that's on you. If you took it on your own to do some deviation on what it means to be a credentialed accredited coach. If you're playing in our field and activating those skill sets and still feeling guilty, say it again, Brooke. <laughs> Feel guilty about taking credit for your client's work, period. Absolutely. Feel guilty about being a little egotistical right there. Boom. That's where you go. It's all easily said. But at the end of the day, my client has not achieved their thing and I still feel bad. How do I stop feeling the way I do, even though I know it's wrong? I so would, oh, I, well, I would, I'm not telling the coach to stop feeling that way right now. What I would do though, is probably if they're still not achieving, probably I would encourage the coach to readdress with that client what the, the goal is uh figure out what the the emotional relevance of that is and find out if really what you're working on is what your client is really wanting yeah perfect because a lot of the times they're going to show like okay couples we can uh, understand that perspective one person is definitely ready to work on that relationship the other one's there for a different reason and sometimes it takes a, a few sessions Sometimes it's immediately and sometimes it's a few sessions before you find out that that's not what we're working on. And, and you have to be willing to ask those challenging questions. Absolutely. So individual uh, co come into coaching. They may bring something else because they're not sure what really they want to uncover in coaching and so it might take a little time as they start discovering what they want to uncover and discuss and it might go you know i started off here and now i'm thinking about this that is not at all what i want to talk about here i'm recognizing this moment this is what's really impacting me and where i want to speak any and all of that could occur so we were talking a little bit in this space of, of coaching guilt, right? Coaching, uh, coach guilt. I have guilt. Um, but everything we're talking about in some degree is, uh, we sort of talked about removing the guilt or what have you, but one of the things I would like to discuss is utilizing guilt, uh, sort of a reframe of guilt. How, how can we, there are times that guilt serves us. Of course. I mean, yeah. it, it's a way to correct your incorrect decisions. When we, I mean, when we feel guilt, we recognize that we did something incorrectly or wrong or bad, or we hurt someone or something, and we take responsibility for that. And then hopefully try to re, rem, re, ramify. We try to rectify that. Or remedy, whichever you choose. <laughs> That's what he was doing. He was combining both of them. <laughs> remedy and rectify. Uh, 
that action. So we might offer an apology or, you know, give recompense to someone or change our behavior to make sure it doesn't happen again in the future. Um, I, I mean, I could think of like moments, um, you know, we can take this to an extreme really quick. Uh, you know, they, they used to do a lot of public like uh, hangings, uh, you know, public uh, executions, public punishment. You know what I mean? Which I still do to some degree. We watch trials um, and things like that. And uh, I can, the, the, um, the chance to avoid having to feel guilty in like a, a space where, you know, there is an audience, there are people or there's anything going on is a huge motivator. Like <laughs> you know, as, as simple as like, I think that, that me saying yes to, to uh, engagements, to things, to Jen, you said, you don't say yes to a lot of things unless you really mean it. I think a great deal of that is, is for me, my motivation is, is avoidance of guilt. I don't want to have to feel guilty later for not following through, for canceling, for any number of things. Uh, so that is a huge motivator for me to either make smart choices, uh, thought through choices, and also to make choices that are long-term for me, um, in which I am thinking about outcomes and other people and considering a lot of things. That's a huge motivator for me, huge motivator. Is there such a thing as secondhand guilt? I know secondhand embarrassment's a thing, but I'm just curious, especially because- guilt, Maybe like guilt by association where like, it's not that you did something bad. It's that you could have done something to prevent this, yet mm -hmm. you didn't. Mm -hmm. So, like, if I saw Brooke push a guy into the street and he fell down and hit his head, I might feel guilty because I didn't stop Brooke from doing that. Um, that might be, like, secondhand guilt, even though, like, I'm not really, like, legally obligated to stop Brooke from doing something irresponsible or bad or, like, mm -hmm. I'm not ever obligated to stop anybody from doing something bad it proves that that's weird that's like a lie of omission right there's this this concept of lies of omission where like you deliberately don't say something well if i didn't tell somebody i'm not hurting anybody i just didn't share that bit of information but those can be as damaging as uh you know used to manipulate honestly i'm not i'm going to tell everybody everything but leave this bit out um uh and that can be very damaging it can be but but we certainly used as a tool to avoid guilt um and i can imagine uh behaving in such a way or, or knowing that somebody else i can think of i've had a situation where i knew somebody was cheating and i was approached by that person's significant other and I'm in this situation now where I'm not doing anything wrong. <laughs> and it's, I'm like, if I say, what do I do? Right? Like, yeah. sort of in this, yeah, on the one, damned if you don't. And you have guilt, even though I, have not, I should have no guilt in any of this. You didn't <laughs> ask for that. Yeah. Because I was in a, this weird situation where I was not friends with that person. I didn't even speak to that other person. I, I knew them only by name. And then suddenly they're boom in front of me. Oh, you know, is it my obligation to 
track down this person and tell them about the actions of somebody else? I don't know. Oh my God. <laughs> I know I that at the end, they, they stayed together and somehow I got blackballed. So yeah. both of them were horrible people to begin with. <laughs> now this is where the justification comes in where Brooke makes herself feel better about her own guilt. Right, there you go. <laughs> I, I think I would ask a question. Is what, what, what would I want? to know and do in that moment. And if I would want to know and do something, I that's where probably I would make a decision on whether or not I would tell or not. I, I would ask myself, can I live with myself if yeah. I do X or Y or Z? Well, the reality is it's about self-preservation, <laughs> yeah. right? My trepidation is if I tell, which yeah. I feel is the right thing to do for me to just yeah. be honest at this point. Yeah. Yeah. The reality is I'm probably gonna have some serious fallout if not lose somebody that was a friend uh but okay better grown-up me goes don't be friends with those human beings um yeah. i don't want to ever be put in those situations again so yeah. if you're cheating i'm sorry we're gonna have to take a friendship break till you're done because <laughs> 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 the re end result is probably gonna be the same so it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. and that's a good point so you have to do with what is going to, both of you are saying, sit with you and Phil, I think, like Anthony said, I think he said, just you know, what allows you to not feel guilty, allows you not to feel like you were manipulated, that you made the best decision for you, knowing that no matter what, I mean, you could think that no matter what you do, it could end that relationship I mean, one way or the other yeah truthfully why i want like good and healthy people in my life as we're thinking and sharing this is like i want good healthy honest human beings in my life because mm -hmm. if i'm around somebody that's struggling with a lot of guilt over something or is doing or behaving in a way that is causing a tremendous amount of guilt the truth of the matter is there's probably going to be some repercussion it's going to come up at some point and it's not going to be very uh it's just going to be a hard situation to be in yeah. um not that it's a perfect world and everybody is perfect all the time but but it's you know i wouldn't want to be hanging out with criminals i don't want to be hanging out with people who are no. lying all the time uh yeah. both you know it, it's it's a, a similar situation i don't want to be friends with liars <laughs> just well, so you know. <laughs> though how can coaches utilize guilt to succeed or shame ask them what it means to them right what does that really mean to you yeah what if i think you could use it in marketing i was about to say the same thing marketing 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 like yeah you can talk to if you're speaking to your client who's experiencing guilt over something like we've had an example we've had is is uh, we've used in the past a, mo a mother you're coaching that is um has a neurodivergent child and is finding herself exhausted, frustrated, you know, just drained at the end of the night and to the point that she's starting to resent her child and that is causing guilt. And, but she is saying, you know, she's having this dialogue of these thoughts that are very guilty and very, and using that honest, guilty dialogue in your marketing to speak to your client can be very powerful, very, very powerful. Yeah. Speaking to your clients who maybe aren't reaching goals, who are, you know, 50 and you haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> Put that in your marketing, right? Like um, those are, feel like a loser. 
<laughs> but honestly, we, we could use those things and it's like a little shocking, but the truth of the matter is what, what are we doing? We're speaking to the, that guilt, that shame, that those labels and, and we're I, to get people in the door and to speak to them, say, hey, I get you, yeah. I speak your language. Can mm -hmm. I, instead of like identifying the shame, can I like actively shame my clients? <laughs> Like, I would urge against that. You're a loser, yeah. and if you don't come no. to me, you're going to remain a loser. Well, maybe Not if you want the client to return. Maybe. if that There might be, that might work somewhere. It might actually work. Uh, there might be somebody. So let, me, let, me, let me give you an example of when okay. this has worked. <laughs> so let me give you an example that I've seen. I where coach the, people with daddy issues. That's what I do. <laughs> So let me let me give you guys an example of what I've seen this have worked. Not not saying you should use this as an example, but it does work. Where um, like it's like I forgot what the book was called. It was like in the two thousands. Um, but there's like a seduction coach where it was aimed at guys who were losers in the dating space. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. I that forgot. Was that was NLP stuff. That was all. Okay, but so there are coaches, and I see this on my TikTok and you know other spaces where you'll target incels or losers or whatever derogatory term, and you are identifying that they have not succeeded in life. They have guilt and shame associated with this. He, I'm your coach and your guy to get you to the place where you well, want to. I think that that's what I was even saying. Well, this is what, I, what I'm saying, you're speaking to that inner dialogue. You're, it doesn't yeah. mean that you're actively calling those people losers and using being like a, a boot camp. I, I mean, I've seen that. that, or... that <laughs> well, um, not... we're not shaming. We're not. That wouldn't be our job as a coach. But what we can do is speak to that inner dialogue and be use the language our client uses. So if our client is calling themselves a loser, if our client is calling themselves a nerd, if our client is calling themselves all of these things, I could call myself the loser coach and turn it on its head though and and make loser good word make it a positive word make it a you know no i yeah i'm a loser but look I'm, just, at, I'm like this loser that does, that does kind of work brooke but like as soon as you like use a slur that just like does not work as well as you like it to which is funny <laughs> but don't do that i could see it being very funny as like a sketch comedy <laughs> in real life yeah maybe try to avoid like really digging into the worst thing you could call your client to try to gain some marketing i would say um, unless you're doing it in a way that is that is tactful i mean because i i could say i would say i would give them hope you know i mean you want to give them hope the truth of the matter is nobody going to click on something so that they get berated unless they're kinky uh the the what they're gonna do is they're gonna they're gonna click on something that gives them hope that says yeah you know ready to stop feeling go or, from this to that you don't have to be this forever you don't have to feel like this forever you don't have to you can you know x y and z and it's about speaking their language but giving them hope in the process and showing I coach, what i coach bad boys who are ready to start feeling <laughs> oh my work <laughs> Sorry, I just. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't even reply to that. 
Comments has responded or asked any questions. I just assume they're not watching. <laughs> it's We're alone on this one. Facebook and YouTube land who wants me to stop, I'll stop. Otherwise, I'm gonna keep going. Oh my gosh, you should get sick more often there, Anthony. You're the wizard testimony. And he's got the rasp in his voice. It really yeah. works. Yeah. His mustache. His two mustaches, his chin mustache. <laughs> Fake mustache. <laughs> this is just oh, deteriorated. Yeah. <laughs> you have guilt about this? We should be ashamed of ourselves. <laughs> I wonder why nothing bad has happened because of it yet. Well, that's the other thing. So let's talk a quick about that. Is is one of the things that we discuss and talk about is that the the defining something as as bad or good is immediately a a black and white way of thinking. We're thinking yin and yang. We're thinking uh, in a dualistic mentality. Um, and so. That's a big thing. Like, there's a lot of baggage there. Like, and that's, I'm like, where do I go? Because there's a lot of baggage there. So we can also redefine if it is what is serving us or what is serving our clients and it's something they want. There is absolutely a way for us to redefine if something really was good or was bad. That's the whole reframing. Watch it last week or two weeks ago. <laughs> um, and I think that's something that, that people have to do, period, right? I imagine there are people who have had heinous things happen that they, you know, took part in or did. And they have to come at some point if they choose, you know, it was th that was when I was younger. And now I have to be, I don't want to, I'm not that human being anymore. Sauron. You have to let go of those emotions and feelings and redefine and reframe things, right? <laughs> Um, or you can be a bad person and just manipulate it. Or that too. Either way, yeah. that's yeah. an option. <laughs> um, but that's kind of something very cool about uh, the fact that we all have our own perspective and we live life through our own perspective is that we are also then fully capable of adjusting, shifting, changing that perspective to either utilize guilt or not utilize guilt how we choose, right? So what's something that everyone used to feel guilty about but doesn't anymore because they either manipulated it or reframed it? I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's true. I, I don't want to give any detail in, in this moment, but I was able to say, you know, how... I had gotten some information. I shared the information and it was like, well, why was I told the information if I wasn't supposed to share the information? So the justification for me, because it wasn't a bad thing that uh, information I was shared, it was just information 
So for me, I um, framed it and so I, I didn't reframe it because I framed it from that get go is that, you know, this is given to me, what am I supposed to, it's not about me, it's not mine, it belongs to this other person. So I'm gonna share it with this other person. And I did. I have, I have one, but it's a little serious. <laughs> um, but there's, a, I think anybody that's been um, through manipulation or has experienced even uh, an attack uh, or a traumatic event, maybe that you have to, you t if you're facing it, right? If you're facing the trauma, if you're facing being manipulated, you can have a lot of guilt around um, something that was done to you. Um, how did I get myself into that? How did I fall for that? I'm mad at myself for, for not seeing it, for not being smart enough, for not identifying the red flags for, and we can put ourselves through a lot of these mental sort of loops um, that go on when we're processing a trauma uh, or um, um, being manipulated, genuinely manipulated by somebody. Um, and I know that like for me personally, if we're going to talk about if I just the simplicity of my attack, you know, how did I get myself into that situation? I have guilt around that because I should have been smarter. I should have, should, 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 should. Um, and then making myself not a victim and, and sort of facing all of the stuff that did, it gave me my power back, but it did give, give me some guilt. Like, how did I do this? But then it was almost, then, then I had to like re-embrace the fact that I, I was a victim still. So the reality is there, there are certain situations, certain human beings and certain things that happen that I have absolutely no control over and can just happen to me. And, and there's no reason for me to have guilt or shame around something that happened to me. So, so yeah. So that's a whole process. <laughs> and so that's talk about a defining and redefining guilt in that space over and over again. Um, so it was like accepting responsibility and then letting go of it uh, again. Like I had to accept it to get to a certain point and then I had to, to move beyond that point and it moved, let go of the shame and the emotion so that I wasn't holding on emotion towards that, that incident, that situation anymore. I had to move from that okay, I went from I'm a victim to I'm not a victim to, okay, but there are things that happen that I don't need to have guilt for. Mm -hmm. How did you come to that belief? It's because it's a belief. Would you agree with that? It is a belief. It is a belief. And, and it's true. I mean, I know it's a belief. It's something I believe to be true. And how did I come to that? I came to that um, in, one of it was in realizing not everybody in this world is like me. Um, not, there are people who are genuinely out there doing things that are harmful and that is their intention. And I was applying, um, a moral compass and understanding that was my own, that, that this other person was not acting perhaps out of malice. And, and so when I realized that there are people that are just doing things that are malicious and mean and hurtful and aren't considering it sort of made me realize, okay, wait, this is a different person. I'm applying, I'm putting myself in their shoes, but truthfully, 
I am not in their shoes. <laughs> like that is not me because I would never do that to another human being. So that's not a fair perspective for me to put myself in somebody else's shoes when that person is acting uh, in a way that is just manipulative and harmful. That's not fair because I would never act in that way. Mm -hmm. So I'm now, what I have done in doing that is I put a whole lot of emotion and understanding that that person just may not possess. And so truthfully, what sort of snapped me in that direction was when somebody actually said to me, you don't have to take responsibility for all of this. This person isn't a good human being. Like he, he has done this before. He has shown a history. He has, you don't have to take on responsibility for his actions. And that was like a moment where I kind of was like, whew, you know, and there was still growth. There's still like processing that has to happen after that. But, but it definitely clicked in my head. Um, and I think it also starts with giving yourself permission is a big part of it too. And I think that statement gave me permission to start to let go of the guilt. Cause I think we hold on to it for some reason or another. And, and in that situation, I needed permission to let it go. And that was sort of what gave me permission to start to let that go. Do you think in some way you might have thought you were trying to protect yourself? I definitely, I think by keeping myself in that state where I am responsible, I, it allowed me to feel like I won't do, this won't happen to me again. It can't happen to me again because I see what happened. I understand. I understand every angle. I understand boom, boom, boom. Um, and so it definitely keeps you in a state of like hyper controlling. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That's just, I'm going to try to control everything. But you have to reach a point, at least I had to reach a point where it's like, if I want to be more like in the flow of life and living, and I, I have to just be okay that things will happen out of my control and I will be okay. I'll still be okay at the end of it because yeah. I am okay. Like that's, there's, I mean, there's so many layers to this, like <laughs> to having through working through a trauma, there are so many layers. Um, and so that, that is another huge layer that, that you have to work through, but definitely, I mean, I think that's, there's a lot of credit in the space of working through things yeah. that are deep guilt and deep shame that it's a layered process for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like an onion. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> things pop up and you're like, oh. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, that was a Shrek reference, right, Jen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. sure. <laughs> for, the, for the inner child theme, I figured yeah. I'd give it Shrek reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were past our time now, though, and yeah, I have yeah. to meet Kat because I'm going to go to bar class. And go be a ballerina. I get to change from a cat to a ballerina. Nice. We will <laughs> see you guys next Tuesday, same time. Please. No, share. no, we're changing that. Remember? Oh, yes, you're right. That's actually. Changing. Thank you we're changing, changing, changing alert, changing alert. Go. <laughs> because of me, I'm difficult. <laughs> um, we are switching to Wednesdays. We'll be on Wednesdays at four o'clock. Um, for at least the month of November. If we, and if, if viewership increases and like we get more interaction, maybe we'll keep it on Wednesday. We're gonna try out Wednesdays at the same bat time though, four o'clock. Um, same bat station, different bat day. 
So. <laughs> all this, we need you guys to like, comment, subscribe, share, please do all the good and stuff also, because it really helps us out. Take does. a look at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. We've got classes. We talk about this in class, um, sharing many different perspectives on who you are as a coach. Three-day intensives. We have a lot of fun. We have a lot of learning. Come join us. Come check us out. Check out our other YouTube channels. To what do we say on that one? We want to subscribe. Subscribe like on our YouTube channel, definitely. <laughs> coming. They, they've been coming in, so keep them coming, yep. guys. Thank you, guys. All right. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.